You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at our website, thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. guys. I am excited to be here, man. I uh, had an opportunity uh, a couple of years ago to be here and to speak on a Sunday, and I loved it. I've been looking forward to an opportunity to come back. Um, My wife and I, we love these people right here, man. You guys have some amazing, amazing pastors, and um, I was really, really honored to get the call, honestly, because I found out that today is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. We are celebrating uh, Pastor Blake and Sarah and their family being here for three years, and that's pretty incredible. Um, Definitely something to celebrate, something worth celebrating. Um, And um, try as I might uh, to get, like, myself to embarrass them, I I can't do it. I just can't do it. They're just too nice of people, and so I just want to kind of gush about them for a moment, if I may, because I have a microphone, and he put his down, so they can't really do anything about it. Um, but I know, seriously, I love this family, and, and like you said, we have become fast friends, and, um, and, and just getting to know them and their heart for uh, ministry, their heart for people, their heart for Christ Walk Church is just incredible um, to see. Um, I, I think that Pastor Appreciation Sunday this year, or at least in, in this time, Um, is extremely appropriate because 2020 was terrible. Can we just be really honest? 2020 was awful. And and to be really honest, there's a lot of things in 2021 not looking up. So like it is, it's just difficult. It's hard for everybody. Everybody had to make some changes. Everybody had to pivot, which is now a term that we use all the time. Everybody had to go through very, very difficult things. And I know many of you in the room, you have your own stories of the things that you had to do, whether it was at home or whether it was with your kids or whether it was with business or whatever it was, we all had a really, really rough time. But I can tell you that to be in ministry through the pandemic and through all of the craziness that happened last year was extremely difficult. I can tell you that no pastor was ready for what happened and that everybody was making moves very, very quickly. And I want to tell you, I watched from afar as Pastor Blake led this church so well through all of the changes. Um, I can tell you how difficult it is to preach to a camera with nobody in the room, and he did it for months on end faithfully so that he could still teach God's word, and I think that's incredible. I think you have amazing leaders with amazing gifts here at Christ Walk Church, and I want you to know how incredibly blessed you are. I'm serious. Like, I, I love this place. I love being on this campus. Like, there's just a vibe. There's an energy. People are serving. People are loving each other. People are uh, growing in their walk with Christ, and, and I think that that all starts with the leadership, and so I'm so happy to be here and to honor them today. Um, I, I know that your pastor has a lot of gifts and talents and skills um, that I could go on and on and on and on about. Uh, I love your commitment to excellence, Pastor Blake. It is incredible. Um, I, I'm a big, big fan of excellence. I love when things are done well, when they are done right, because we are serving God through that excellence, and I can see that all over Christ Walk Church and in y'all's uh, standard of serving and your standard of excellence here. Uh, I know how passionate you are, how amazing of a communicator of God's word you are. 
um, you are definitely a leader worth following. And so Christ Walk Church, seriously, you guys are incredibly, incredibly blessed. And we have an opportunity today to honor them. Uh, God's word makes it very clear that we are to honor uh, God's mouthpiece in the church. In fact, it says in 1 Timothy 5, 17, it says, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And so today, Pastor Blake, Sarah, your family, we love you guys. We honor you guys for the impact that you guys are making in the kingdom of God. And I'm honored to be able to be here today uh, to share in that just a little bit. Um, when I was thinking about this weekend, I was thinking back um, and, and I wondered if you would remembered this, and then um, we alluded to it last night. We had a chance to, to get some dinner last night. Um, so I do know that you remember this moment, but I don't know if you remember, realize how impactful this moment was for me. A few years ago, it must have been right before um, you were the lead pastor here. I knew you'd moved to Florida, but I honestly didn't even know you were back in Florida. And I showed up at this conference in Live Oak, Florida, and his name was on the, uh, on the conference list of speakers. And I was like, oh, man. Blake Snap's here from out of town just to teach at this conference, and he was teaching something about social media, and so I was like, oh, I have to sit in and see what he has to say, and the words of wisdom that were coming out of his mouth were just life-changing um, about Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> um, and so I remember sitting in that session, and we connected afterwards, and I think we, we skipped the whole last session because your pastor and I stood in a hallway in this church and we talked just about life. And I listened to him share his story of how God led him and his family here to this area and to Pastor Christ Walk Church. And I was just blown away. I was listening to him talk about all these things. And Pastor Blake, I, I'm telling you, you don't know. One day I'll download all of it for you. Uh, but there were some moments where God spoke to my heart in that moment and confirmed some things in my heart, challenged me to step out in faith in some areas of my life because I saw you guys step out into some uncomfortable spaces and, and follow the call that God had on your life. And I think that there is an example to be set there. And so as I was praying about what do I speak about on a Pastor Appreciation Sunday to a, to a church led by Pastor Blake and his family, uh, and I thought, man, how appropriate would it be to talk about how we can say yes when God calls us into those deeper places in life, into those places that stretch us, into those places that are maybe even a little bit uncomfortable, how we can encourage each other to, to step out and say yes, and how we can be challenged. And so that's the, what I want to talk about a little bit today. And so the message I want to bring is called Called Out. Called out, and, and this is not the called out of like when you do something wrong and someone gets on your case about it. Like uh, I, I remember a couple years ago, um, I had a chance to perform the wedding for a former student of mine. I was a youth pastor for a lot of years. Now I'm super old and now all these kids are old enough to get married and they all want me to do their wedding. And it's like the biggest honor, but it's also super depressing because I realize just how old I am because I'm like, did your parents have to sign something for you to get married? Because in my mind, you're still 13, you know, and you're a grown adult now. And so I had a chance to do this wedding for a student that was in our youth group for a really long time and uh, great connection with them and their family. And so I remember sitting, they, they did their wedding in July in north central Florida outside, and it was fully formal. So suits, ties, the whole thing. It was maybe the hottest I've ever been in my entire life. And so to, to retreat from the heat for just a few moments, uh, they got married in this kind of courtyard square, and all the way around this were all these businesses and townhomes, really beautiful area, and there was a little coffee shop off to the side with these big glass windows so you could see the venue where they were getting married outside, and so we kind of popped in there for a couple of minutes right before the ceremony to cool down. 
just me and the groom sitting in this coffee shop on a Saturday afternoon, and there were only other two people, two other people in this room with us. There was what looked to be a mom and her teenage daughter sitting, staring out the window, kind of looking at what was happening as there was some, you know, festivities starting with the wedding and all that kind of stuff. And so I was just sitting there talking to, you know, this kid. And one of my uh, main goals <clears throat> when I get to do a wedding is to try to calm down the groom. Um, because grooms are always just nervous. They're always nervous about something. And so I try to be a calming presence, and we just talk. And we were going over all the shenanigans we used to do in youth group back in the day, and we're just talking. And it dawned on me, I remember there was something in the ceremony that I had written for that day where I called uh, this young man by this nickname that was very juvenile. It was something that he was called as a kid by his family, and we started calling him that, and it was kind of like this inside thing, and, and I started thinking about the people that would be attending his wedding, and he, was, he had a career at this point. His boss was going to be there. His employees were going to be there, coworkers, and I thought to myself, I do not want to embarrass this young man by calling him this childhood nickname if he's not okay with it. The last thing I want to do is embarrass him at his wedding without him knowing about it. I'm fine embarrassing people as long as they know about it, right? And so I asked him, I said, hey, are you okay with with me using this nickname for you. And he said, yeah, that's fine. Honestly, he wasn't even thinking. I don't even know if he heard the words that were coming out of my mouth because he was like five minutes from getting married. But I was like, listen, I'm serious. If you don't want me to use the nickname, I won't use the nickname. You just tell me. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So I looked at him. I said, okay, listen, in a couple minutes, we're going to walk out of this coffee shop and we're going to walk right down there, down this, uh, you know, this little pathway, and we're going to end up at the altar, right? You have from right now until we get there to tell me that you don't want me to, and then I will just, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put a lid on it. I won't do it at all. And all of a sudden, this woman who is having coffee with her daughter turns around and looks me dead in the eyes and says, well, that's really great advice for the preacher to give the groom on their wedding day. And I was, I was just taken back. I, I had no idea what was happening. First of all, I was like, who are you? I don't know who you are, and, and why are you speaking to me like this? I could tell this woman had asked for the manager at every establishment she's ever been in in her life. <laughs> Just had that vibe. You know what I'm talking about, that vibe. You know that vibe. And so I, I, was, I was, like, reeling. I'm trying to figure out why she is so upset with me. What did I do? I'm sitting here with, you know, and, and I, I'm just, I'm, my mind is spinning. And all of a sudden, I gain traction. And I realize what's just happened. She chose the eavesdrop just on one part of the conversation. The one part of the conversation that she heard was this pastor talking to a groom-to-be and saying these words. If you change your mind, you have from right now till we get right there for me to call the whole thing off. And she thought I was trying to talk him out of getting married. And I explained to her, that's not what that was about. Please understand, I don't think she believed me, but we did it anyway. They got married. They're still married. Praise the Lord. It's all good, right? <laughs> that's not the type of calling out that I'm talking about. What I want to talk to you about today and what we're going to discover in God's words, word is that I believe that there are times when God calls us out from a path that we are on and sets us on a different trajectory. He's calling us out into some things that are a little bit outside of our comfort zone, things to stretch us and, and things to get us into a place where we rely and trust in him even more. And so today I want to uh, share with you from Exodus chapter 3. Uh, this text about Moses and the very beginning of Moses' story as God is calling Moses to lead the Israelites. We know a lot about Moses because he's kind of one of the, the big heroes of the faith in the Bible. We know that he did a ton of exploits in the name of God, and he uh, had miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle attached to his obedience. 
But this is kind of the origin story, if you're a comic book fan. This is the origin story. This is where it all kind of starts out for Moses in verse 1 when it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw, though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. But when, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you when you have brought the people out of Egypt. You will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What then shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Let's pray as we digest God's word today. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, I thank you that it is living and that it is active. And God, I pray that it would resonate with our hearts and that the seeds that are planted in, through your word this morning would grow and that our faith would be deepened and that our, uh, our, our willingness to follow you and your calling would be challenged today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we find Moses Minding his own business, doing his daily routine, just working at his job. And all of a sudden, God shows up to him with this gigantic plan, this huge life-changing moment and opportunity. And he says, this is what I want from you. I want you to free the Israelites, about two and a half million people from slavery from Egypt. I want you to walk into Pharaoh's palace, and I want you to tell him to let my people go and this is the calling that I have on your life. I mean, Moses was just doing his own thing. This completely caught him off guard. Have you ever been there in life? Have you ever been in a place, maybe not where God's asking you to lead a bunch of, you know, oppressed people out of a land, but have you ever been in a place where you're minding your own business, you're doing your own thing, you're in your routine, you're working your job, you're living life with your family, you're just doing what you know to do, and you're being faithful in all those things, and then all of a sudden, there's this moment where God speaks to your heart. And calls you out to do something different. And you know that things will never be the same. Now, I, I know that, that that idea of God speaking to us um, sometimes can be hard to kind of wrap our brains around. Because if you're like me, when I think of somebody speaking to me, I'm thinking like there is a conversation going back and forth. And I can see somebody and I'm hearing audible things. But God speaks in a lot of different ways. 
So maybe you've experienced this while you're sitting in a, a, a church like this and there's a message being preached and something just grabs your heart and you realize, okay, this is God trying to, to get me to move into something. Or maybe it's when you're listening to worship music or when you're singing with the band or when you're reading God's word or when you're having a conversation with a good friend about life and there are things that are shared there that just kind of like jump out at you. There's this nudge. There's this pull. There's something that you know that your spirit is being pulled into a direction by God, that God is calling you out. And I don't know what that would be for you. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I know for me, I've experienced it a few different ways. And I just knew that during those moments, like I had this huge choice to make. Am I going to say yes or am I going to say no? Am I going to delay obedience, which is disobedience, or am I going to choose to say yes to the plan that God has for me? But I'll be honest with you, it's not always easy to say yes because usually when God speaks to me in those moments, it's something that's going to super stretch me. It's something that is very, very, very uncomfortable for me, and maybe you've realized this in ways when God has called you to make big changes in your life. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a career change, a position change at work, or, you know, you'd been kind of like on the fence about what you were going to do with your job. You felt God speak to you, and you're like, well, that's not what I wanted to do. Um, maybe it's, it's a, a challenge in your heart to get more involved and press in and serve here at uh, Christ walk, or maybe it's, you know, something to do with trusting God with your finances. Whatever it is, there are these moments when God speaks to us, and he calls us out in those moments, and in those moments, we have this choice whether to obey or to disobey, and so there stands Moses, called out as maybe no one in history has ever been called out by God through this burning bush. God calls him out to stand in front of Pharaoh and demand the release of two and a half million slaves and that was the plan that God had for him let's be really honest can we be honest it's going to happen anyway I'm going to be honest um, all logic and reason says that Moses should have just run away like that is crazy talk there's no way that is that is a task that is insurmountable there's no way that that could ever happen how in the world is it that God is calling Moses to do this thing the plan seems really crazy however as we read, Moses, after a lot of back and forth and negotiation with God, which makes me feel so much better about my walk with faith because I negotiate with God all the time. You ever do that? Like you feel like God's calling you to do something. You're like, well, listen to my plan instead and then see where it lines up, right? And so God has this conversation and he's got all these excuses, but God is relentless in his call and in his pursuit of Moses. And so he finally says, yes. After much debate, after all these negotiations, Moses says, yes. And I've often wondered what took place in Moses' life at that moment, what took place in his heart for him to jump on and agree to do this seemingly crazy thing that God was asking him to do. Because I believe that if I can get into the, the heart and mind of Moses in this moment, then maybe the next time God calls me out to do something that's uncomfortable and that stretches me, maybe I'll have a little bit of foundation to say yes to God in that moment. So I believe that we can find faith in this story today for the next time that God calls us out. So what made him say yes? Where did he find the courage and the boldness to do this? Could it be that Moses, deep down, even though the plan seemed insane and he was scared to death, that he still wanted to be a part of it? I believe that there was this deep desire in Moses' soul to hear God, to know that he wasn't forgotten as he's out there in the middle of the wilderness tending to sheep, to be invited into something bigger than who he was, bigger than himself. Moses realized, I believe, in that moment something that we all need to grasp, and it's this, is that you were made for more. You are made 
for more. And I love this because I was sending these notes to Pastor Blake, and he emailed me back and said, guess what? That is, one of, that is our tagline for our church or something similar to it. I think it's live for something more, and I love it. It just lines up. I promise you it was not planned. That's how God does stuff sometimes. So we were made for more. You are made for more. It is hardwired into all of us to be a part of something bigger than just us. We all know this. As I'm saying it, something resonates with you, and it just makes sense to us. It's not necessarily intuitive, but there's something in our heart that realizes that this is truth. Because we have all been created, we have all been made for something more than us, something bigger than us, to be a part of the work that God is doing in this world. There's this desire inside of us for more. And when God calls us out, whether it's huge life-changing things or more subtle changes in our life, and it seems intimidating and it stretches us and it's scary and it's crazy, it's also exciting because I believe that God has put this desire in you and in me for us to be a part of something bigger than just us. And that desire, that spark makes us want to respond yes when God calls us out into those moments and invites us to be a part of his plan. I mean, seriously, think about this this morning. The God of the universe, the creator of all, invites you and me to be a part of what he's doing in this world, in this community, in this church, in our families, on our jobs. He calls us in to be a part of what he is doing. How amazing and how humbling is that? I love that, that today as I'm speaking on pastor appreciation, that we can recognize that that's how God called Pastor Blake and his family to be a part of what God is doing at Christ Walk. He's called you to be a part of what he is doing here at Christ Walk because you were made, you were created more. It's the reason you show up early and volunteer, because you realize that there's a bigger picture. You realize there's something more that you're a part of. It's not just shaking it, well, not shaking hands anymore, saying hello from a distance as people are coming in or helping somebody find a parking spot or working in the kids' ministry or whatever it is, whatever area you serve. It's more than just that. It's part of the bigger picture that we're all a part of something more. God wants us. He invites us. He calls us to be created for more. More than just punching a clock at work, more than just working for the weekend, more than just sitting in a chair, more than just being comfortable, more than just a mundane life, you are made to be a part of the story that God is writing. Allow that to challenge your heart this morning, that you are made for more. God has a specific plan for your life. You are not insignificant. You are not forgotten about. You are not average because the God who created you has a plan and a mission for you that is unique to you, and that plan and mission is always about more. It's always about being included in the call of God on your life to be part of something more. And I believe in this moment, if we could just kind of trans, kind of form ourselves into that moment and be a fly on the wall in the moment that this bush is burning, but it's not being consumed, and God is speaking out of this bush, and it's very surreal, and, and Moses is in this moment that he knows is extremely holy, and he is backing out of his sandals because he knows that God's saying, this is holy ground, this is a holy moment. I believe that something resonates with Moses's spirit in that moment, and he knows this is an opportunity. This is a calling. I was made for something more. I was made to say yes right now, and it's the same feeling that we get when God calls us out into those places and spaces in our lives and in our hearts. But just like you and me, Moses starts to drift away from this moment of awe and wonder and understanding this, this, the holiness of this call on his life, and he starts to drift, like a lot of us, into doubt. I love how honest Moses is 
Uh, I can relate to this because during God's call in this moment, I mean, this supernatural, amazing miracle is happening. And this is Moses' first word, who am I? <laughs> who am I? Like God says, listen, you're going you're gonna to free all of my people from Egypt. And that's the response, who am I? Like, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children out of Israel? Who am I? I am not enough. I'm nobody. I can't. I don't possess the skills needed to accomplish the task that you're putting in front of me. And you see what happens with Moses is instead of focusing in on the God who is calling him and this desire to be a part of something more, he starts getting the focus off of God and then onto himself. And he starts thinking about all of the things that he's not good enough to do. He starts thinking about, well, well who, who am I, really? I mean, really, who am I? And this is our natural reaction. This is our, our flesh reaction when God calls us into things that are deeper than we can understand and bigger than we are comfortable with. He calls us into these moments, and we're like, well, well, who am I? It's almost like Moses is asking, are you sure you have the right guy right now? You ever had that response to something God's asked you to do? Be like, nah, you got somebody else. The wires got crossed. Your call, this, this call was supposed to be placed to another person, another individual, right? Who am I? Do, do you know who I am? I'm sure Moses was saying in his mind, like, really, do you know who I am? Do you know about who I am and what I've done more specifically? Because that's the next thing that our minds go to is, well, do, do you know, God, the person that you're asking, do you know my history? Do you know my past? Because to be honest with you, Moses had a pretty colorful past. He had a lot of history. See, Moses had a very unique story because Moses was born an Israelite to an Israelite family. So he was born into slavery. He was born into captivity at a time when the population of Israelites was growing exponentially and you have to understand the context of this. They were a people that was enslaved. They were, they were in captivity. And so the Egyptians, who were the, the slave drivers, right, they were getting concerned that there, were going, there was going to be an overpopulation. And if the Israelites kept having as many babies as they were having, they were going to outnumber the Egyptians. And when that happened, if it ever dawned on them that they could overtake, they could overtake. And so the Egyptians started to get scared. And so they started to try to figure out ways to have some population control. And so in a barbaric, terrible thing, they decided to, to eliminate all of the baby boys that were born from the Israelites. Moses is born into this time. If you don't think Moses is a miracle, Moses is a miracle. Because Moses shouldn't have been around. Moses was born into a family where his mom was not going to accept that. And so his mom put him in a watertight basket and literally sent him down the river hoping and praying that somebody would find him and adopt him and that he could live his life to the full. And so just so happens as part of God's plan that Pharaoh's daughter finds him, adopts him, and Moses grows up in royalty. Moses grows up in the palace. Moses grows up as an Egyptian royalty. And so Moses has this tension in his life all the time because he knows where he's from, but then he knows the, 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 the advantages that he is afforded by living this, you know, royal lifestyle. And so one day he's out walking around and he sees an Egyptian man beating an Israelite slave, and he is consumed with anger. And he goes at this guy and starts beating this Egyptian, and he murders this man, and people see, and Moses is afraid for his life. So Moses takes off. He's a fugitive. And he goes out in the middle of nowhere, out into the middle of the wilderness, and that's where he meets a man named Jethro, and he marries his daughter, and that's when he starts becoming a shepherd. So all of this has happened previously, and for a while there, this was Moses' life. He woke up every day, he did the same thing. He was a shepherd, and he watched the sheep. 
because of what had happened in his past. You see, even with that past that Moses wasn't proud of and probably very ashamed of, God still called Moses out because your past does not disqualify you. The things in your past, the mistakes that you have made, does not disqualify you from the calling of God to be a part of something bigger, to be a part of something more. You see, the the crazy thing about this and the thing that's hard for us to really understand is that God knows everything about me. He knows all the great stuff, all the things I'm really proud of, right? Everything on my resume that I would list to try to impress you, he knows all that. But you know what else God also knows? All the things that I would leave off of that. All the mistakes that I have made, all of my failures, all of the things that I have done that I'm so not proud of that I don't even want to mention them. Like, I forget that they even existed. All of those, God knows it all. He sees it all. Yet he still chooses to call us in to the plan. He still chooses to call us into the story that he is writing us. He still chooses to call us out, even with our past. God knew that Moses was a murdering fugitive, and still God called him. You see, through the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ, your past can become a part of your story that God uses to redeem not only your past, but he uses to reach other people to exclaim the glory of Jesus Christ. Your past does not disqualify you. I think somebody needs me to say that again. Your past, what happened before you walked in these doors today, does not disqualify you from God's calling on your life. In fact, what I have found in my life is that God often uses the things in our past, the bad and the good, to prepare us for those moments when he calls us. You see, God used these parts of Moses' life that probably seemed insignificant. Moses being born as an Israelite probably didn't seem like a big deal to Moses at the time, but what God was instilling into Moses with that being part of his heritage and his culture was there was an empathy for all of the Israelites that were under captivity. Him growing up in the palace and royalty, it afforded him the opportunity to see things from a different perspective. And what he actually got to know was the language of royalty. He knew when he would walk into that palace room where Pharaoh would be, he knew everything that he needed to say because that's where he used to live. And so God was instilling in him in these moments that seemed probably like they weren't a big deal and that they were very insignificant. He was placing inside of Moses the things that he was going to need, the character traits and the qualities and the gifts and the talents and the skills to finally say yes to God's call when that opportunity came. See, the things that you and me that we've experienced and that we've lived through are opportunities for God to build in us what we need for that next season. I was thinking about this um, today, and I was thinking, man, you know, like I mentioned earlier, 2020 was, was just crazy. And I know that so many of us, and I'm saying us because I'm, I'm, I'm one of us, when that clock hit midnight, right, New Year's Eve, and we turned that calendar page over, I know that nothing really changed from one day to the next. I get it. The sun rose the next day. We were still wearing masks in the store the next day. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing, like it wasn't a huge change, but I was really ready to be done with 2020. I mean, 2020, I, I know that for some of you in this room, and you, you experienced very real loss. I, I know that some of you in this room, you're still struggling with things that happened because of pandemic or things that happened because of the, the vast divide of politics in our country right now or whatever the, the case might be. There are all these things. I wanted to turn the page. I wanted to flush 2020 down the toilet, right? But the... the the further I get away from 2020 and the more God lets me see things more clearly, the more I realize 
there were things that God did in my heart last year that I don't think would have happened if we wouldn't have gone through what we went through in 2020. That's a hard place to get to, but the reality is this, that God formed me in ways that I could not have been formed had we not walked through what we walked through. I want to flush it because it contains some pretty awful things that happened, and I don't want to be reminded of that trauma. However, God can take those things that we want to flush, those parts of our life that we're not happy with, the parts of our life that we're ashamed of, the parts of our life that we don't like to, to even think happen. God can take those, and he can use those to prepare us for the calling that he's got for us in our future. And so don't flush those things that we feel like are insignificant because God wants to use those things in his economy to grow us and to form us and to allow us to be prepared. Because when he calls us out, listen, when he calls us out into those places that are uncomfortable for us, he has already developed in us everything we need to say yes to him. Because God calls out of you what he has placed in you. God calls out of you the things that he has already been building into your heart and into your spirit and into the skill set that you have and into the giftings that he has put into your life. When God calls you out, you already have everything that you need inside of you to accomplish the task at hand. He's already placed those for you to use for him. And saying yes to the call of God is not about the strength and ability that you possess. It is about the way that you possess an ability to surrender and to be obedient. It is not about the things that you can do in your own strength. When God called Moses out, there was no way that physically he could, like, you know, choose to make Pharaoh let go of two and a half million slaves. It was impossible. God was not asking Moses to physically do it himself. He was just asking for Moses to say yes, and that God was going to take care of everything else. When God calls us out, he's asking us to do some pretty impossible things, but he's not asking you to do it by yourself. He's just simply asking you to say yes and to surrender and to submit and to be obedient, and then he's going to take care of all the details that surround it. I love this quote by Dutch missionary Andrew Vanderbilt. He says, if your vision doesn't scare you, then both your vision and your God are too small. And I feel like I am tempted to stay in that world where I'm comfortable with everything. And when I do, then I am saying no to this call that God might have on my life. And if you're in this room right now and you're, you're living in this tension and you're like, man, I, I feel this because I feel this, this, this kind of tension that God's calling me to do something that I'm very uncomfortable with. Then, then you might be telling yourself, well, I can't because I'm not able to do it. It's too big. It's, it's impossible. I can't. Do you're in great company. Great news. That's how God loves to work. He loves to work in the lives of people that know we don't have it all figured out and know that we can't do it all by ourselves. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The great news this morning is that if you feel like God's calling you out into something, and if you don't feel it right now, here's the place that you are. If you don't feel it right now, you have before. Or if you haven't before and you don't right now, you will, I promise, if you lean in and you listen. The more unqualified we feel in those moments, the more God's power will manifest in our lives. See, God is calling us out. God is calling out of us what he has already placed in us. It is there. It's not up to you to make it happen. It's not up to you to manifest it or manufacture it. It's up to you to give it back to God when he asks for it. It's as simple as it gets. When God calls us out, the things that he's calling out of us, he's already put in there. It's our opportunity to just give those things back. So the, the challenge and the question that I have for us this morning together 
what is God calling us out of or into? How is God calling you out in your life? Maybe, maybe it is big things. And maybe you've kind of been on the fence about some things and you're, you're seeking some direction. And there's some things that have been spoken into your life and into your heart through God or through wise counsel or whatever it might be. And, and you've kind of like pushed back from it. But there's something that, that God's calling you out into. Maybe it does have to do with your job or your profession. Changing jobs or, or changing a position. Maybe to start a business or maybe for you it has to do with your family. And it's to start being more of a leader in your home and, and, and you feel like God's calling you to, to do that just by starting to do family devotions, which I, I'll be honest with you, as, as a pastor, I stand in front of people all the time and I speak, it's easier to do this than it is to lead my family in devotions at home. It is. It's intimidating because they know all about you. So they're like, nah, you say that and you read that scripture, but yesterday you yelled at me and so it's, it's difficult to do. Maybe God's calling you into that. Maybe God's calling you to get plugged in here at Christ Walk or maybe he's calling you to get baptized or to give something up, a vice or a habit that you just can't seem to kick. Or maybe he's calling you out to share your faith more boldly with people in your sphere of influence. Or maybe he's calling you to trust him with your finances. Whatever it is that God's calling us out into, I can tell you that we have an opportunity. It is perfect. And honestly, it's divine for us to be able to say yes to that opportunity. It is holy for us to say yes to that opportunity. And we can say yes because you are made for more. You can say yes because your past does not disqualify. You can say yes because he calls out of us what he has placed in us. So step out and trust and believe. You see, the great thing about the story of Moses is that's not the all of the story. It's not like Moses says yes and there's just all this ambiguous stuff that happens that we don't get to know. No, no, no. Moses says yes in that moment. And the, Mo, the, the God that was speaking to Moses through that bush and is calling him out into something very uncomfortable and very crazy and huge and bigger than he could ever imagine. That same God is the same God a few chapters later that splits the sea right down the middle and allows two and a half million people to walk on dry ground. You see, the God that calls us out is the same God that will do those miracles in our lives if we step out in obedience to him. We're not in this thing alone. He will see it through. Can I, can I pray for us today? Can I pray that as, as we are challenged by God's word to step out into the unknown and into those uncomfortable spaces, that, that we would have the courage, the boldness to do just that? Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to open your word, to be taught, to be formed by your word. God, we understand that there are moments in our lives when we have an opportunity to say yes when you speak to our hearts. And God, I, I believe that, there, that it's happening in the lives of the people that are hearing this right now. I believe that there are people in this very room that have this opportunity to say yes to something that you've been calling them out to do. I pray that your word would just solidify in their heart. God, that you'd give them the courage and the boldness that only comes from the Holy Spirit to walk that out and to at least take a step in the direction of obedience, God to say yes to the plans that you have because they know that there's something bigger that you've designed them for, God. They know that, that what has happened in the past does not hinder them from your future for their lives. And they know that they're not doing it alone, that they're calling, you're calling out of them what has already been put in them. So friends, with all of our eyes closed and heads bowed, maybe the thing that God is calling you out into today is just simply surrendering your life into a relationship with Jesus Christ who loves you so much 
he paid the ultimate sacrifice, that he died for your sin to be forgiven. Maybe you want to accept that forgiveness today. Maybe you want to accept that relationship with him today. Whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching online, I want to lead you through a, a brief prayer. I'm going to say these words, but I want these words to come from your heart. And so I would love for you to pray them with me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and I'm lost without you. I believe Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from the bottom of your heart, I can tell you that what God has called you into is a relationship with him that is more fulfilling than anything that this world can possibly give you. And I'm so excited for that decision that you made today. Thank you again, Christ Walk Church, for, for having me and, and for allowing me to be a part of this very special day. Um, I want to do something that I, I asked Pastor Blake and Sarah last minute that is off script, so they couldn't really say no, to be really honest. Um, but I just felt like it was appropriate today, as they are celebrating three years here at Christ Walk, that we take a moment and that we pray for them specifically. Um, I know that there are COVID restrictions in place, and so I'm not asking you to move. Here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for just all of us to stand right now, wherever you are. And I would just love for you to stretch your hands in the direction of Pastor Blake and Sarah, and that's them representing their entire family. And let's pray a prayer of blessing over them as your pastor. God, we thank you so much for this amazing family, God, that you have called. God, you've called and led them into some uncomfortable places. You've called and led them into some spaces where your will might not have been extremely clear. And God, they've been so faithful to say yes to you so many times. God, we're so grateful for that. And God, I pray that you'd bless them for that. I pray that you'd bless them in ways that they wouldn't even see coming. Ways that are so uh, just, just surprises for them that they get to enjoy because we know that you have their back and that you are rooting for them. You're calling them. You're equipping them. And so, God, I pray blessings on them. I pray blessings on their families. I pray, pray blessings on their careers, on their kids. God, everything that they touch, God, I pray that you would prosper. I pray that you would bless them financially. I pray that you would bless them uh, just with, with insight and creativity and knowledge. God, as they continue to pass through this amazing church, God, that you would give them influence, God, that you would give them the words to say in the moment so, so that they can pastor this church, this flock, they can shepherd this flock well. God, I thank you for the leadership capabilities that you've given them. I pray that they would grow. And God, I pray that as they have already done, that they would continue to give you the glory for everything because every good and perfect thing comes from you, Lord Jesus. And we're so grateful for that. We love this family. Again, we pray blessings on them and it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.